welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. talking about healing and um, uh, Ruth started a couple of weeks ago with a great message Janelle preached last week today I want to talk about the power and the importance of faith it's kind of obvious we need to have faith in God because faith is powerful and not just in terms of our relationship with God but just that that mechanism if you like that that process that people have in everybody's life whether you believe in God or not you you believe in something you expect something, in other words. You, you trust in people or things or, or you project and wonder and, and do more than wonder, but you sometimes really get a hold of something that hasn't happened physically, but you believe it will. And that generally happens to you. I mean, of course, life throws curveballs at us. There's a lot of crazy, wild exceptions to what we expect to happen. We often have things that we weren't expecting to happen. They're often not pleasant and it's a bit of a challenge. And that's also important to have faith in the Lord to help you get through those seasons when, you know, crazy stuff happens. But um, generally, you know, you see this uh, power, this principle occurring in people's lives. Like sports people, a lot of talk about sport, sports people will often find that their confidence in their abilities or their faith, if you like, in their abilities will affect their performance. And they have sports psychologists employed uh, for exactly that purpose, to help people feel confident, to feel that self-belief. The, the same, I mean, cricket's incredible. Now we're coming into the cricket season. Eleanor, I'm glad you've taken a leaf out of Janelle's book to follow sport of some kind. I've tried my best in raising you, but you obviously, I obviously failed to you know, help you get a hold of that, but it's true. All so, so much craziness in the world, so much terrible stuff on television, but someone's got to win. So halfway through the game, just shift your allegiance think i think i'll go for the cats because they're like a hundred nil you know against the swans you know um and so yes janelle uh follows cricket uh and so john's excited about that because uh, not a lot of blokes wives love cricket but janelle really loves the cricket like more so than john even and ruth wouldn't know or care who's playing so i often come into the office and talk to janelle about you know the the test cricket or whatever um and so in cricket you see these sports people with form changing because of their confidence and they've got the same skills they've got the same physical abilities and yet there's something going on in their self-belief and you know in other areas in your career your finances your expectations uh, are powerful can often affect what what is going to happen to you in the future uh, people's uh, self-worth self-belief self-esteem uh, how they see themselves, what they believe about themselves affects how they relate to people. And they've found statistically that confident people do better in their careers. They just have, might, might not have any more brain nous or training, but someone who's a little unsure just in their belief or lack of belief, as opposed to someone who's confident and believes in themselves, they do a lot better. Um, and of course, when we come to God's word, if you believe in God, if you trust in his promises, then you are going to lift the promises from the pages of the Bible and see them fulfilled in your life, including promises for healing. 
And, um, but we've got, we need to know, does God promise healing? I'm glad you asked that question because he does. And there's a lot of promises. <clears throat> Just one I want you to see. Praying for healing at the end of the service. I'll just quickly pray for myself and then I'll be ready to pray for everyone else. So can we see that verse, please, from 3 John? It's the third letter that John wrote. Uh, third uh, short letter. He wrote other. He wrote Revelation and the Gospel, but these are letters to churches and individuals. And here he is writing to his friend, the beloved Gaius, and he says, I love you in the truth. Look at verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. See, he's writing in accordance with God's will. He's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All the books of the Bible aren't just a few randoms all put together. God's led these scribes, if you like, individual humans, but to be inspired by the Holy Spirit to write words that are from heaven to earth, from him to you, from God to to us to get a hold of and so it reflects his will and and so God's will is that we should prosper to do well in all areas notice he says as your soul prospers so it starts in the soul spiritual health if you like we get born again into the kingdom of God we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior and if you've never done that we always have an opportunity to pray a very simple prayer for that to occur and then flowing from that we are called to be, in God's will, in health, in prosperity, in all areas. And that includes physical health and emotional health and mental health. And uh, in fact, the, the Greek word there for health can be translated whole. And people talk about holistic health and being whole and feeling a sense of wellness. And that's what that Greek word encapsulates there. And so here's God's will. Yeah, That's our starting point. It's no point praying for something if it's not God's will. Oh, God, please do this. You're confident to pray for something that is God's will. I'm not so confident if I don't know it's his will. <clears throat> and definitely not going to pray for something I know it isn't his will. But it's quite clear in this passage, many others that show us, okay, this is my starting point. This is God's will. And so I can expect to receive healing from God because I know he, he wills it. He wants it. He desires for us to have that. And, uh, and so then we put our faith in that, in that promise. And uh, you see this will, the will of God, reflected in the ministry of Jesus. So when you look at the Gospels, which we will have a look, another example of several, when you see Jesus reflecting and revealing the will of God in terms of people living in good health, look at uh, Mark chapter 1. If you're taking notes, just jot these scriptures down because I'm going to mention a few and you're encouraged to reflect and think about them later uh, and see for yourself what the Bible says. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Let's see that. Jesus, uh, it says, a man with leprosy. Wow. Imagine that. That's a, that's a shocking condition, right? And uh, he came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. So he says, you can heal me. So he knows Jesus can. He believes in God's ability. He's just not sure whether Jesus is willing, if he's too busy, or maybe that's not really what he wants for this guy. And Jesus, look at that, moved with compassion, 
Jesus reached out and touched him. It's a pretty big statement for some, pretty big action for someone who's got leprosy because they, you know, were concerned some kinds of leprosy was, were, were contagious. Jesus is willing to touch him because he's not going to get affected by the leprosy. It's the other way around. Isn't that cool? He says, I am willing. Be healed. Instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Isn't that great? Jesus says, I'm willing. It's pretty clear. And that's typical of how he ministered. No, nowhere in the Bible does it say, you know, someone said, Jesus, if you're willing, will you hear me? Jesus said, actually, for you, I'm, no, I'm not willing. I, it's not my will for you. My will for you is to stay sick. For these people, I think that'll probably go well for them. I'm happy for them to get healed. But for you, that's going to be your little test in life. I want you to stay sick. You can't find a passage like that. Jesus never said anything like that. Neither did he ever say, oh, I'm willing, but I can't do it. You can't find a passage that says, you know, Jesus was willing to heal the person and, uh, and he tried but he actually couldn't heal them because the sickness was so great. It was stronger than the power of God. And they all went away very sad. And lo and behold, Jesus also, you know, you can't find that passage either. Because we know Jesus went about healing. And here's a well-known passage that, again, you can take a note of. What did Jesus do? Matthew 4, 23 summarizes the ministry of Jesus. He went throughout Galilee, look, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming or preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Not just a few, every disease. And that's how he rolls. He's teaching how to live. He's preaching the good news, how people can be born again and meet with God and get a home in the family of God and a home in heaven and healing along the way. And so what does Hebrews 13 verse 8 say? Bible scholars, help me out here. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Come on, you should know that. Right, you said I was not going to go up here without humour. Right, Hebrews 13 verse 8, what a great powerful promise. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. So the same Jesus that healed people when he walked around Galilee 2,000 years ago, is alive today healing people in Narara or wherever you may be watching online or around the Central Coast. That's cool, isn't it? He hasn't changed in his power or his willingness. He's still willing and able to heal. And so any illness, any injury, any sickness, any issue that comes against us living a healthy life is not God's will. That's important. That's what we need to know. And so that should lift our expectation for being healed, shouldn't it? Or, or we could say that should lift our faith, and that's what we're talking about. We should have our confidence or our faith raised up to know, yeah, God wants me to be healed. So how do we go about that? When you read one of God's promises in his word about healing, what should you do with it? Well, there's, I'm glad you asked three things you should do. You need to believe in your heart about the promise. You need to speak it over your life and you need to act on it. And I want to touch on each of those three. Each of those three. To believe, to speak and to act. Firstly, believe. We've been talking about this. This is obviously to have faith, to believe what you read. And, and not just to hope or wonder about it, 
you know, or to rely on what someone else says about God's word or what you've heard on the grapevine or third hand, or, but to personally seek God, find out what God says, find out, search out his will as found in the Bible, and then to stake your life on the promises that you discover. And that's what the Bible tells us how to live. Look at Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What a statement. Doesn't that want to stir you to have faith in God? Because I want to please God. I don't want to displease him. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So that's faith. Faith, believing is the, the verb, if you like, and faith is the noun. So have faith in God because faith is believing that he exists and believing that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's pretty simple, isn't it? And uh, I mean, as a dad and as a foster dad and as now a granddad, I know, hard to believe. Yeah, we had our kids when we were teenagers. So, you know, but, you know, I've always loved giving gifts to my kids. It's fun, isn't it? It's great. It's more blessed to give than receive. When you get the right gift, unless you get the wrong colour push bike. Yeah, okay. So there was an incident once. Uh, with one of my children who's fortunately grown up and a great preacher and basically preached my message over communion. So that was really good. But yeah, Eleanor had a bit of a bit of a meltdown once because we bought her a push bike and <laughs> what was the statement? But I wanted a pink one. Right. <laughs> okay. And she regretted saying that, didn't she? Yeah, I think for the next five years, she said thank you for every single thing that came her way. Yeah, she learned gratitude that day, or lack of, or the, the price of not being grateful. Um, but, a, but generally, Eleanor was a good child, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> Bethany, on the other hand, sorry, it's my poor kids over the years, it's even worse now they're adults. I mean, they've, cop, they've copped it. When they're little... They might have been out in kids' club or they can't really get you back. Now they, they get a microphone or, or they rip you down on social media, like when Eleanor does this Christmas tree thing. She does this hilarious Instagram thing every Christmas where she judges Christmas trees. And, you know, she's a wordsmith. She's a, a, cop, a professional writer. That's why she's good with words. And so she critiques Christmas trees. And ours got a roasting. Oh, I thought our Christmas tree was pretty good. So she's banned from our home now from November to January, you know, so she can't see the Christmas tree. Um, but I do hope you do that again this year. So, you know, giving gifts to, to kids is, is awesome. But, you know, if I had said to one of my kids, um, hey, I've got a gift for you, and they kind of rolled their eyes in doubt, you know, oh yeah, really? Sure, whatever. Or if they were like hoping but not sure, oh, oh, well, that'd be nice this time. Really? You might have a gift. Hang on, that, that would not please me, either of those reactions, to just hear that they're, they're kind of hoping but not expecting or that they were doubtful that I'd give it to them. I would not be pleased. And... And if they weren't there to receive the gift, if I said, no, no, I've really got a gift, but their doubt had just led them to wander away and not hang out and not come close, they wouldn't receive the gift. And sadly, that's how some Christians roll with God. God's made promises, and while I don't know if that's really for me or I don't feel like really keen enough to get close to 
I mean, one of the reasons that my kids feel confident that if I say I'm going to do something and they're going to get it is because they know me well. So there's a clue in our faith walk with God, isn't it? If you know the Lord well, if you've come close to him, if you're in relationship with him, that builds your confidence, that builds your faith. Some people aren't sure because they're just not close to the Lord or they're not aware of what his word says. And if they do hear a promise, especially if it's third hand, someone else's, but it's not theirs, it's not something that they've got a hold of, and there's doubt mixed with it or just a sense of general vague hope maybe, then that's not going to please God and they're going to get nothing out of it. Conversely, if we're close to the Lord, we're in his word, we believe his promises, we know he loves us, we realise that he's a good father, we will please him with our faith and we'll receive what he promises, yeah? And so that's how faith works. And, um, you know, young people, uh, back in the old days uh, when we all saw in black and white uh, and, and, you know, we, we had uh, banks that you had to physically go to to get your money out in cash or things called checks. And, uh, and so, you know, some of you remember that. You'd get your little passbook, you'd go along, wait in line, and you'd say you want this much money out, and they'd write it down, and the thing you'd print out on your book, and you'd get your cash. You'd make a withdrawal physically and have the cash in your hand. And spiritually, that's pretty much how faith works with God's promises. We are going to a bank, a, 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 and we're making a withdrawal. There's... there's deposits that have been put in there by the grace and the love of God. There's promises that are waiting there to be withdrawn on and your faith makes that withdrawal, appropriates, if you like, that promise rather than just looking on and wondering and hope and feeling. And again, sadly, some people are spiritually poor. There's money in the bank, but they never take it out. How crazy is that? If someone was wandering around, scuffing around on the streets, you know, doing it tough, I've got no money, I can't make ends meet and I'm hungry and, it's like, and they got a million dollars in the bank. Just go to the bank, get the money out. Oh, I don't know, it's too much effort, you know. That would be weird, wouldn't it? And that's as weird as it can be if we aren't going to God, going to his word, going to see what his word says and drawing on the promises. Now, of course, sometimes, I know this is easier said than done because of the stuff of life. It's not always simple. Sometimes we pray a prayer like we heard over the praise report. Sometimes it is amazing, simple, strong, powerful, like Maddie praying over little Cameron. That's fantastic. And, and coming against the situation with spiritual truth. But other times, oh, you know, it's not always that easy. But that's why what Janelle preached last week was so important. Sometimes it's a fight. It's not simple. But it's a good fight. That's what the Bible talks about. In fact, Paul said to Timothy, fight Fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith, he said. I think it's First Timothy chapter 6. He's Paul writing to his young charge, young protege. Fight the good fight of faith. And, uh, and so it is a fight, but it's a good fight because God promises victory. But we need to be willing to fight. We need to be strong enough with intestinal fortitude to be strong enough to fight. And we fight in the Lord with faith, not in our own strength. And, uh, and, we, and then we take a hold. But we can lose the fight too if we just aren't willing to rise up. Like, you know, in the military, Hudson will tell you, that uh, there's, uh, you know, soldiers are trained to uh, take ground and to hold a position. 
and, and they learn how to do that physically. Well, Christians need to learn how to do that spiritually, to take ground by believing what God promises and, uh, and to hold that ground against opposition that comes. And there is opposition. It can come from our, our own doubts, from the symptoms of the sickness and the senses, physical senses that are telling us this is the way it is, from whispers of the devil, uh, doctor's reports. We work with medicine. We don't reject what they say, but they don't know everything. So we take on board, we use the expertise of modern medicine and the brains that have been well-trained, and that's fantastic, but we understand there's a limitation. People even in the natural say, oh, you should get a second opinion because that doctor says you're going to die and you've got two weeks. Well, you really want to get a second opinion, you know. Oh, no, this guy says I've only got one week. <laughs> get a third opinion. Well, I'm going to go to Dr. Jesus. He says I can live for another 50 years. We had a man in our church who was given three months to live. And I told him about the book of uh, the um, the story of Hezekiah, who who prayed to God and and God gave him extra years. And I asked him, "Well, how long do you want?" And he said, and he was a brand new Christian. It was a long, it's a long story. It's a wonderful long story. But he he basically his wife had been a Christian for many years, had prayed for him for many years. I led him to the Lord, uh, and that's that's a good story in itself. But then it wasn't such a good story when he got this sickness. And he he said, I couldn't expect God to give me any length of time. What do you mean? I read, I read this story. I said, we will agree with you. We, you. Your personal faith is the most powerful indicator of how you're going to beat sickness. Because you can go out on an altar call with a healing evangelist and you can receive healing and you can lose it in a week. And he's got on a plane and gone somewhere else. And I've seen that happen. We have, there were wonderful gifts of healing, but the most powerful long-term indicator of someone holding and taking and keeping their healing, taking ground and holding that ground, is their own personal faith. And so I remember asking him, so what are you believing for? What, what can you, I don't know, what does that mean? I said, well, look, read this story of Hezekiah. He, look, you've got seven more years. Is it seven? Someone correct me. I have it. 15? Did you get 15? Okay, it was 15. All right, and, um, and, uh, and I, well, maybe that's why, he, I can't remember the exact number, but he said, I couldn't, I couldn't expect 15. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he said, I couldn't expect 15. I said, could you expect five? Oh, yeah, I believe for five. He got five. He got five. He, 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 di- he died nearly to the day, five months after that prayer. Five, five, sorry, five years. Five years after that prayer. And so he got five years, saw his grandkids grow up, and, and then he went home to be with the Lord. Why am I saying that? Because of the power of our words, power of our faith, uh, just oh, the, the, um, the, the doctors, working with doctors. Yep. So we respect them, we work with them, but then we also hear from God. Um, and so we just have to you know, know in our heart what the word says. Second thing is we've got to speak the word of God. And, um, and that's because our heart and our mind, and our, sorry, our heart and our words are, are built to work together. Look at Romans chapter 10. What does it say? This is referring to the uh, book of Deuteronomy. The word is uh, a quote from the book of Deuteronomy. It says, the word is near you. It is where? In your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't that interesting? 
you, you could just say, well, hang on, it's, it, I, I, what if I'm not feeling like talking? What if I lost my voice? What if I'm mute? If I, there's something about the power of words. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Wow, they really work together, don't they? And, and so whether it's faith for salvation, faith for your future, your ministry for God, your finances, your, or your healing, your confession is powerful. It's got to match your belief. Why? Because words are so powerful. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's just, and it's a huge subject in itself, but you want to get a hold of that. It's incredible how if you're not careful, you will kill off your healing because of lazy confession, just because of the things you say. You've got, you've got to watch how you speak about your health and your challenges that come. We're not, we're not in denial about the facts. If there's sickness that's come and you're fighting something, you're aware of it and you understand it, but that's not all you talk about it. And you hear people say, oh, I've got this condition and that's not all. It could be this and it could develop into that and I'm feeling this and I've got that. And that's all they say. And so, you know, you're just speaking that truth over your life. The facts are you might have this sickness, but the truth of God's word is that you can be healed. And so you speak the truth of that over the current circumstances. And that's powerful. And so what do you say? You say, well, I'm, I've got these symptoms and I'm feeling this, but I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm fighting sickness, not ignoring it, not saying, oh, I'm not sick you know, and then dying in front of someone. No, no, I've got this condition, but I'm not owning it. I'm not talking about it all the time, and I'm not just proclaiming it and prophesying it over my life. I'm get, Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling this, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better every day. That's a good confession, you know. I'm improving. And you've got to watch not just what you say about your stuff, you've got to watch who you talk to about your stuff. Because other people, well-meaning people, even Christian people, well-meaning, just don't realise sometimes what they're saying. Oh, oh, you got that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, I know someone who had that. Yeah, well, yeah, well they died. Yeah, it was really bad. You know, they, I mean, you know, they loved the Lord. They went to heaven. They had an early mark. Yeah, sweet. But, you know, but, oh, yeah, it's really, really bad. Oh, it's really bad. Yeah, in fact, I've got a lot of, in fact, I've got a whole list of people who had that. And I've got all the details. Would you like to know how it develops? These are all the symptoms. Let's talk about it. Let's really, let's get, yeah, let's fill your mind with all the terrible consequences and possibilities over coffee you know let's do that because i'm caring and sometimes they really are they're just merciful but they're just being a little unwise and they're unaware of the power of their words and how they're killing your chance of healing and giving life to the sickness and so you've got to be careful who you tell and who you talk to about what you're facing so you find someone look i'll make it simple only talk to harriet <laughs> right she won't mind sorry edgar You'll probably never have any time to talk to your wife. You just have to, you know, do the gardening and Harriet will be taking phone calls all the time. But she, and I'm sure there are others, but I know Harriet, if you tell her about your sickness, she's not going to say, oh dear, would you like me to call the funeral parlour and make a booking? You know, she's going to say, what would you like to pray for? God promises healing. Let's pray. Come on. So you want someone full of faith like that when you share your challenges to remind you of the promises of God and stand with you and speak over your condition yeah sorry Harriet I threw you under the healing bus there uh, but it's true she's a great woman of faith so uh, the third thing is you've got to act 
You've got to act on your healing, act out your healing, walk it out, so to speak. And Jesus often had people do this. He often had people physically involved with something to get their healing. It's not just like, oh God, if you want to heal me, you can. You know, and I'm feeling, like I said, there's got to be some strength of character to believe in the Word of God. There's got to be some effort to speak the Word of God. And there's often some physical action that we do to receive and hold on to our healing. Look at uh, one last scripture, Luke 17. And it says, Jesus was going into a village, verse 12. Ten men who had leprosy met him. There was a lot of leprosy going on back then. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Isn't that weird? He doesn't say, he doesn't say well, come here, now you're healed, or I proclaim healing, or in my own name, you'll be healed. Or there's no kind of, he just says, go, show yourselves to the priest which people would do to see, and the priest would, uh, if you go back to the Old Testament, you'll see the priest would adjudicate whether someone's completely healed and whether they need to be outside the camp and where they can live and how they can get on in life. And these people were cast out if they had leprosy. Go to your priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And then look at the rest of the story. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, which... You know, it's like someone who followed the All Blacks. It was like, you know, so, well, not, a, not a true blue wallaby Jew, you know. Uh, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Because they lived up north and they were, you know, sort of half-caste Jewish people and people didn't like them. The Jews didn't really generally like them. Uh, he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So notice a few things. Firstly, how ungrateful some people are, which is like nothing's changed. It's incredible sometimes how people don't even thank anyone, especially Jesus. I mean, aren't you glad you're not one of those nine going down in history? When you get to heaven, maybe some of them will be there. Hi, where, I was in the Bible. Really? Yeah, yeah, tell them. Hey, tell everyone, you're in the Bible. Oh, <laughs> No, 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 I tell you, you're in the Bible. Where? Oh, really? You're in the Bible? Oh, hey, we, I was in the New Testament. Yeah, really? Tell us about it. No, you don't want to hear. Yeah, yeah you're one of, one of the disciples? No, nothing like that. Were you a companion of Paul's? Yeah. No, no. You know that story about the... You were the guy who came back. No, no, it's one of the other nine. I know, I know, I know, I don't know, I don't know what, what I was thinking, you know, it's like, if, I, if only I'd realised, trust me, I, you're not the first person that's brought this up, I, re, I wish I'd gone back, <laughs> you know, I mean, you just want to be grateful, yeah, especially if it's the Lord Jesus healing you from leprosy, just a note, yeah, so I find that amazing, but also the power of faith, and Jesus gives credit to him, your faith has made you well. I mean, we know it's the power of God, but it's joining in with the faith of the person, drawing on the power of God. And then thirdly, how and when they were healed. As they went, they were cleansed. Wow. So, what, so you know, having prayed and confessed, what do you do? What's the action? Well, you don't have to go show yourself to the priest, you know, but it might mean asking someone to pray with you or to come on the altar, which will pray in a moment, making a physical stand. It might mean um, rising up and getting on with your life rather than just 
lying down and letting the sickness overwhelm you. I'm not talking about not resting or not going to the doctor, but you know sometimes you just go under when you could get over. And the number of times, boy, I've had to rise up in ministry settings where you've got to serve God and you, you feel crook, but you just got to get on there. Ruth and I had a crazy time once doing a conference in Thailand and we're both fighting this fever, like, like we feel like death warmed up. But we had to do it, and they've got us all booked all Saturday. They're just all, oh, and they love the teaching, the preaching, and, and, and we're tag-teaming, and I'm like, go, your turn. And she's preaching away, and then she goes, well, I think Hajan Chris might have something to say. I'm like, no, you're good, keep going. And she's like, mm. She said later, I wasn't politely asking and suggesting and seeing if you wanted to go. I was saying, please, it's your turn. I went, I'm sorry, babe. So she had to preach for another hour. And they go, oh, keep going, keep going. Just last week, Bethany's song leading away. And then I see in the break, Sarah praying for her because she had a splitting headache. But she doesn't, to her credit, go, oh, I can't sing. I've got a headache. It's like, you're serving the Lord, sister. You know, it's great. And, you know, often you get healed when, as you go to show yourself to the priest so to speak, as you serve the Lord. So, you know, that's one way of it. And, of course, acting might mean going to the doctor, as I said, but you go with faith, yeah? And uh, it might mean getting disciplined, memorising scriptures, rather than just praying a general vague prayer or relying on someone else's faith. So um, let's be people of faith. Let's believe in the word, believe in the promises, speak the promises, and then act on them, yes? We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.